Deitha Ewinakan. Welcome to podcast number 75. I know I've said in the past what coincidences we have when we conduct in funerals, and at the moment, tis no exception. We're in the middle of conducting five ex-military men's funerals with ranks from a, a rear gunner, a paratrooper, a colonel, a commander, and a wing commander. And obviously all that entails. Your standard bearers, your bugles for the last post in Rivali. We even had military bagpipes for um, one service. Now, as a lot of you might be aware, this year will be the 80th anniversary of the D-Day landings. And I'm recording this on the Thursday evening. I've just come home, um, what's it now, quarter to eight. I've had a late finish. Um, anyway, that's beside the point. Um, tomorrow, the funeral we have is for one of the last surviving members of the armed forces of the D-Day Landons. There can't be many left. And he was from the Parachute Regiment and he was 98. And it's quite historic, obviously, tomorrow to coincide with the 80th anniversary this year of this soldier passing away. And obviously, this has made me think back to um, the funerals we have conducted for serving military men. Thankfully, not that many, not that many. And another memory that sticks in my mind, a friend of ours, his father was tragically um, killed in a airplane accident and the son our friend he he had a met who flew in the red arrows and just before the funeral it was um it coincided i think it was coldrow's air show and the red arrows was flying down there so our met contacted his met and said um when you're coming back when you're going home after the display could he just veer airway a little bit? So it was an evening. I think well, I can't remember the exact time, but it was in, in the summer. It was a light evening, and we took the hearse up near the showground, and we opened the back up, and then we waited, and then the red arrows come right down and swooped real low, right over us. Crikey! Did that give you goose pimples? It really did, and. While we're talking about soldiers and and whatever in the war, I expect you've seen on the telly or heard in the news that they've just found another unexploded bomb up in Plymouth and they've cordoned off the area. And that reminded me, I'm sure I have talked about it before. I tried to scoot back through my previous um, podcast to find the episode and I couldn't tell from the the titles, but... um, I'm sure I mentioned about um, dear Nick Dark when he passed away down Porthcothan. I know it, it made the news at the time and we had his funeral on the beach and we had a big mound of sand where we placed the coffin on. And the next day there was a cloudburst and where we'd all been stood around for this funeral, the sand was washed away and they found an unexploded German bomb. So hearing that news today brought that back. I think the other thing I wanted to talk about today, which is a, a sad reflection on our society, really, um, 
we've had a couple of tragic funerals lately. And as you know, with some funerals, they are live streamed. And this is where the funeral is filmed. It can come out live. When we webcast, either from our place or a church or the crematorium, the family are given the site to go on to, the login details and the password, and then they can control who watches it. They can send it out. Or sometimes they say, yep, I'm happy for all the general public to watch it. And if that's the case, we will put the details on our Facebook page or website so people can watch it. But I say we've had a couple of tragic funerals lately. And um, on the day of the funeral, we've received friend requests on Facebook with the, the deceased name and then followed by watch funeral mass live or something along those lines. And I thought, hang on a minute, this is a bit funny, a friend request. And then you realise it is a scam. But unfortunately, I've heard of um, a few people that have got taken in by it because what happens is you click onto the um, page. You can make yourself a friend, but you click onto the page and there's a link there and it says click here to watch the funeral live. And then when you click onto that link, they're saying that you need to pay a fee, pay some money to watch the funeral. Uh, what a scam that is. Now, I don't know. When they take that money, I don't know if it's just a one-off or they do get your credit card details. I'm not too sure about that. And the same thing happened to me today. Um, we got a friend on the other coast and it was her funeral. And the thing came up on my Facebook page. So tis funeral directors all over. They've been targeted by this. Now, I reported it at the time. I tried to block it. I don't know how successful I was, but I'm just saying to everybody, be careful. If you ain't sure, ring your funeral director and he can tell you if it is video or no. But um, isn't it awful? It is, it is sad. So I think that's about all I'm going to say. Me running's going okay. Me ankle is still sore, um, but I got a few runs in. How many miles have I done this week? I did 13 on Sunday. Five, ten, and I've done 15 over three days during this week, have I? No, two lots of five and one five tomorrow. And then Sunday I'll be doing 15. But my ankle is still a bit sore. I, I caught it running on Excel Road night for last. It's a bit dimity. Of course, part of the pavement there, the roots are pushing the tarmac up, and I just jarred it a little bit again. So um, I'm certainly in the wars a bit this year, I tell you. But um, anyway, that's enough of me. I'm now going over to the second part of me interview with Janet from Port Isaac. And I'm sure you'll enjoy it. And then I'll round off directly with me Cornish dialect and me word of the week. So here it is. And you said you had visitors come to stay. Mm. Was there lots of visitors coming back then? Because there wouldn't have been the second homes back then. Oh, was no. no. The no, village no. was lived in. Yeah. 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 Yes, and, and people used to go into hotels, yeah. whatever grade they thought they were. Yeah. And prices were appropriate. Yes. Yeah. And But they used to stay with us five, pay, uh, five pound a week. Yeah. And that was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. 
And if the weather was nasty, we used to light the fire in the sitting room. Yeah. And uh, there were books and games and yeah. things that we used to keep in there. Yeah. So they didn't have to go out. No. And uh, but I mean, bed and breakfast. They used to take make them go out. But we were full board, so it worked well. Yeah. Nice experience. And uh, you had um, chickens as well? You had sold eggs as well, did they? We had egg, We had chicken. Yeah. Um, a lot from stolen nests. Ah, right. You know, all of a sudden yeah. you'd wonder where the hen had gone. Yeah. And then she'd present you with perhaps 13, 14 chicks. Oh, I see. All unexpectedly. Yeah. Um, but they lived around, they lived in the ricks, you know, the straw and hay ricks. So they kept them safe. They nearly all survived. Yeah. And if they didn't, you didn't think too far as to why they weren't there, because there was always rats around. And a, lot of how, a lot of hens couldn't house underneath them no. that many chicks. No. So there was always somebody on the edge. Yeah. Well, then the edge ones um, came no more. You know, the, the farming ethics were... Quite loose, but yeah. meaningful, and you know you couldn't have everything perfect all the time. No. Going back to your visitors, when they come down, do they drive or do they come by train or bus or? They used to come to Port Isaac Road. A oh. lot of them would come on a Saturday morning, travel overnight, right, and be out at Port Isaac Road at nine o'clock. Yeah, and if the wind was blowing in the right direction, we could hear the train. Oh, could he? Yeah. And you know, they toot toot just yeah. before they pull off. Yeah, could hear that. Could hear that yeah. But Mark Prout was out there with a bus to pick them up. Oh, was he? Yeah. So those that didn't have their own transport, and they weren't they weren't the transport. No. People didn't have transport. No. Because um, the Midland factories used to close last weekend in July and the f- a week. Yeah. Um, and the first week in August. I see. So there was a big influx there. Yeah. Yeah. And no car factory people used to come. Yeah. And uh, I remember one family had, he was a docker in London. And when they arrived, I asked them, would they like a cup of tea? Oh, yeah, well, they love one. So I went up to the bedroom because they didn't come down. I took this cup of tea in. And he was, there were sash windows, and he had one of the bedroom windows wide up. And I thought, God, he went very well because he was a big man. Yeah. And uh, I said to him, is, is everything all right? Oh, mate, he said, I'm just sitting here drinking in the air up me Uter. <laughs> <laughs> he said, this is like paradise. He said, I'm listening to the birds. I said, well, that's all right. I said, I was afraid you were ill. Oh, no, he said. Oh, he said, I could live the rest of my life like this. <laughs> oh, dear. Man. Yeah, yeah we, we used to have some nice people. Yeah. And then they become friends and... Exactly. You know, it's yeah. nice. And thrashing was a busy time. Yeah, the um, team used to come in with the thrashing machine yeah. overnight so that they were ready in the morning. Right. You'd hear them out there in some ungodly hour firing up and making sure it was all working all right. Or shutting down and if it was raining, yeah. they wouldn't open the rick. No. That was... Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Everything cooked on the day, as I say, except the ham. Yeah. And so getting ready for the pasties was first job. Yeah. To make sure that wouldn't be late. And to put in, they always liked, I don't know why, a slab of pastry. Just after they've eaten a, a pasty, <laughs> a, you know, a Swiss roll tin size yeah. slab of pastry, or two if there was more men. Yeah. And I used to send a great pot of jam and a bowl of cream 
so that they can help themselves to what cream and jam they like. Well, he said, go. But it would start off with um, crib time in the morning. Right. Splits were ready by then. If not, it was uh, cheese sandwiches and pickle or whatever. I can't remember what keggy stuff they had. And then lunchtime was pasty and this great slab of pastry with a bowl of jam and cream. Um, afternoon tea was ham sandwiches, um, yeast buns, they were ready by then. Yeah. It was all cooked on the day. An apple pasty, big one. Yeah. And then you used to cut it in half, turn them up on their ends so that the points were down oh, in the yeah. bowl. There again, sugar and cream, cream. In, the, in a big bowl yeah. so they could help themselves to what That's they right. had. And if the, pa- if the apple was just right, the pastry had still stayed crisp. Yeah. Um, but not hot, but just nice enough that sugar would gradually melt yeah. without rushing, you know, what yeah. liquid, it was thick liquid. Yeah. And the creaming on top, course, lovely. Yeah. And um, it always used to go. Yeah. And then there'd be yeast cake by then, that was ready. Well, they used to come never any trouble to get star, uh, no. to get help dad would go down the village and see who was about he used to pick which ones he wanted yeah some would jump at the chance depending they used to say who's asking some they weren't interested because food wasn't very good but by and large the May family had a good name for food yeah did they mm. have any rabbits ever around them or no I'll tell you a story about rabbits one of our milk customers had a guest house and but she was a cat lover she used to have rabbits twice a week and uh, she said to me one day yeah mate she said can I have some rabbits tomorrow yes I said it was Tuesday ready for Wednesday so I said yeah of course it is now she wanted them Wednesday for Thursday right as soon as they arrived four of them she had she used to skin them and uh, cook them and then as soon as they were cooked she would bone them and put them in a bowl with some of the liquid. She didn't ever cook them in very much liquid because right. that kept it concentrated. Yeah. And she said one day, I thought to myself, what am I going to give my um, visitors for their lunch today? And she said, I opened the fridge and she said, I could smell this lovely smell. And she said, I know. She said, I'll give them some of that meat sliced up. Well, they volunteered that that was um, chicken and ham. <laughs> so she said, I'll let them think it. She said, I won't disillusion them. And she said, they were absolutely thrilled with that. So she said, every Wednesday, she said, they can have that. Because that's, that's always a blank time for me to know what to give yeah, them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but she said, it used to slice lovely. <laughs> and I thought, well, oh. why not? Just imagine that, sliced cold meat with new potatoes dug out the garden. Yeah. And... Peas picked from the garden. Yeah. Because we had quite a nice sized garden. Yeah. My father used to grow veg. Every autumn, my mother and father used to go away. Right. And one year, the night before they were coming home, in the middle of the night, I could hear a strange noise. Well, it was. When it was dark, it was dark up mm. to Ether. And I thought, I'm not getting up to see what the noise is. Because I could tell it was outdoors, not in. Anyway. When daylight came, curiosity got the better of me, and I looked out my bedroom window, and the whole garden had been decimated. Oh, I thought, oh my God, what's happened? Anyway, the bullocks had found their way in oh, no. through the bottom hedge. Greenhouse had changed shape from an oblong to a diamond, 
where the cows had used it as a scratching post. Um, they'd eaten all the all the vegetables. Well, we were so afraid and so nervous as what was going to happen when they came home. Exactly. That we we were well giggling, wasn't in it. We just couldn't stop trying to picture her face when she came home. And she always used to come in the back door, through into the hallway, out the front door, and have a look round the garden. That was her first thing every time she came home. Well, we heard this strangulated noise coming from the garden and we started to laugh and we couldn't stop and if she, if she threatened to kill us we wouldn't have been able to stop laughing and oh I can remember that but I think she was so annoyed I said what do you expect us to do I said oh, I didn't know it was that I could hear this snuffling because the terrible sniffers are cows yeah. anyway who was your neighbours up round Trewetha then um, Miss Can and her mother yeah. down at what is now 12 acres. Yeah. Dr. Sproul's bungalow wasn't there. No. Mrs. Mackenzie was in the long line of um, cottages quite low down, and you went down in front of them to get to their gates. Right, yeah. There used to be three cottages. I see. And my great-grandfather lived in one with his wife, six children, in a two-up, two-down. Yeah. Well, the mind boggles. Yeah. Um, but Mrs. Mackenzie never altered the appearance that they used to be separate houses. I see. So she kept that. Yeah. And it could easily have been turned back into three yeah, little exactly. houses. Yeah, she lived there. Mr. and Mrs. Hawes, both Mr. and Mrs. Hawes, um, father and son and their wives, lived in what is now Badanon Farm. Yeah. And then going the other way, there was a blacksmith shop. All right. Charlie Hamley lived there. Yeah. You know the little court that is next, mm -hmm. going right. towards Trewetha Farm? Yeah. Um, in there was two very small cottages. All right. Miss and Mrs. Can moved into the one on the right, but the, the three Miss, more maiden ladies, Calverley, Calverley right. they were called. And anyway, they had that one. And the one on the end, Towards going towards Trewetha Farm, and that is now a little guest house, bed and breakfast place. And then, over time, the original May Lee bungalow. This is going round towards Port Isaac now. Yeah. On the right, the left hand side, um, it had a glass veranda. All right. Round two sides of it, but that was demolished, and the modern bungalow that is there now um, replaced it. But on the right hand side, the only places were. Badanon Farm, the one nearest um, Poltawergi, and then you come down around into Trewetha, round what was a sharp bend. Yeah. Well, it still is a sharp bend, but it was a blind bend when yeah, I was young. Yeah, that's right. They took the a high wall. Yeah. And then they took it off to widen the vision. Trewetha Farm was Sam Blake and his twin brother Bill. Right. And Bill's wife. Right. And uh, Bessie, their sister. I see. Well, I used to hear about Bill Blake's foreign wife and it intrigued me because I never saw anybody that was the slightest bit foreign no. and and I said one day something about you know didn't Mrs Blake ever go out oh yes they said of course she does so I said well who is she I said I see one old lady um when Baron I was young yeah. one old lady who had what I call key old cake glasses yeah. I don't know if you know Keogh Kate, do you? No, no, no. But real 
round thing was yeah, kissing. Well, yeah. yeah. So they said, oh, no, that's her sister. So I said, well, who's Mrs. Pike then? Well, they said she come from Delaborne. <laughs> I said, I thought she was foreign. Well, yeah, Delaborne is. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then inside the gate, Drewetha Farm, it's the same gateway now as used to be, but they developed the barn. But if you go straight in, I don't know if you... Did you know Dave Phelps? Yeah, very well. Where he lived? Yeah. That used yeah. to be a very nice little wooden bungalow. Oh, I see. And um, Auntie Aim lived there for a while. I think it was when Uncle Tom died. Right. Because I used to get detailed off to spend the night up with her. Right. But I know she and Uncle Tom lived in May Lee. Yeah. And then she lived in this bungalow in Phelps's place. And obviously you got married and had the girls. Yes, yeah. yeah. Kath was always very proud to be able to say she was born at Archer Farm. When she was 10 months old, I moved into Hartland Road. So, yeah, I had Kath at Archer Farm, Jackie in Hartland Road. And that began a whole new world. Alan stayed in the Navy until he couldn't stay anymore. Yeah. 33 years he was in the Navy. He was he, la- he was allowed a bit of extension on his time because he was willing to sign on during the Falklands War. Oh, I see. Because I can remember you first when you worked at the surgery yeah. on reception. So yeah. when did he start there? Then? I don't remember. Can't remember. I was there for nearly 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Was that Dr. Baird, Baron and Barker? Is that right? Or was that... That's Do- the ones I can remember. Yeah, Dr. Baron, Baron. and Dr. Baird. Um, and then Dr. Lunny came. Yeah. Because we used to come out. We didn't go away bridge. We always came Port Isaac. Yeah. So I remember if I was poorly... That trip yeah. from Weybridge to Port Isaac, like, yeah. 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 That's how I got to know your mum. That's right, yeah. I mean, I don't think I'd know her in the street because I don't know that I ever met her. No, no. <laughs> you used to have long conversations on yeah. the phone. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then you had your MBA. What a shock that was. Yeah, that's oh. lovely, wasn't it? I had a letter in May. Right. And I can't remember the wording. I was that shocked I couldn't understand what I was reading. I thought it was a hoax. Oh. And, uh, I mean, all palace official paper. And I thought, well, we take somebody with a bit of wits about them. Yeah. They could copy that. Yeah. And they said, you know, keep it a secret or not. It didn't say keep it a secret, but best not to mm. broadcast it. I'll right. forget the word in now. So I didn't. Right. And it got to October and I thought, hell, two months' time. What am I going to do? How am I going to get it? You know, what's going to happen? Yeah. So then I had a letter. Which was all self-explanatory. Lovely. And then I thought, well, perhaps this is right. <laughs> and then I needed to phone them for something. And I got got through to the right office. And I thought, well, this can't be pretending all the time. Nobody gave me the slightest hint that they'd been involved. I don't know who set it going. No. I mean, I've never known to this day. No. Nobody's ever said. Two, to two, nights, or two days before I was due to go, I had a police attack. And I thought, oh my God, I can't go. I can't go like this. Then there was a rail strike. And I thought, I can't go by train either, now then. So I thought, oh, hell to it. So I hired a taxi. Um, Barry Baker was the driver. Right. Well, he was good as gold. Yeah, brilliant. And he took us right to the hotel door. Oh. And by the time I got there, I was all right. What was it like on the day, then, your MBE? Who, who presented it to him? The Queen. It was the Queen. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. 
yeah well thank you janet it's been brilliant well you're welcome and i hope it'll be of interest to somebody i'm sure it will if not you can go into the archives and oh definitely be there yeah. forever exactly <laughs> all right so if you'd like to say goodbye to everybody yeah. cheerio everybody i hope you've enjoyed it proper job <coughs> lovely thank you you're welcome well thank you janet wasn't that proper lovely really enjoyed that um I think for me Cornish word of the week, I'm going back to the start of the podcast where we was talking about the unexploded bomb. So I thought I'd do the Cornish word for bomb this week, which is tanbellan. Tanbellan. And for me Cornish dialect, I don't know if I've done this one before. As time goes on, I am going to duplicate, I know. But I was talking today and a few times I said this word, I thought I'll use that one tonight. And that's better fit. So you'd say, better fit you went and did this, or better fit you went and done that, which is meaning it would be better if you did something. So that's me Cornish dialect for the week. Better fit. Better fit I stop talking now so that you can get some peace. So that's what I'm going to do. So I wish you well. I'll speak to you again next week. Do Gannis. Kernobis Ficken. <laughs>